Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. The Seattle Seahawks kick off their first preseason game this Saturday against the Las Vegas Raiders. And we are going to be previewing the game. Joining me to talk about it is Nathan Santo from the Seahawks Nest. Nathan, it's been a while. It's been a long offseason, but now we're back to Seahawks football. It's been a while. <laughs> you, sorry. Are we, are we getting into are, are we doing song references already? I can't be helped. Yeah. It's, you say something like that just to have to do it. Just don't say my wife. You won't, you won't like what happens then. <laughs> okay. We'll skip over that. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm pumped. Football's back. I, I, uh, so this, I was like excited football came back, right? I was like, Oh, I'm going to turn on the hall of fame game. So I flipped the hall of fame game on and I watched it for like five minutes. And then I was like, I hate the Steelers and the Cowboys. What am I doing? And I just turned it off, walked away. I, I had no interest in that game. I, the only interest I had in the hall of fame weekend at all was watching Steve Hutchinson's, uh, his hall of fame acceptance speech. And I was good with that. That's all I needed. And I got that after it happened. It was up on Seahawks.com. And yeah, I, I got what I needed out of the weekend. I needed one other thing. I needed to see how big they made Peyton Manning's forehead on the bronze bust. <laughs> I, that and the Hutchinson speech were the two things I wanted to see. Yeah, I guess so. I probably should have listened to Edger and James's speech too. Seahawks legend Edger and James. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. I think with Hutchinson, like he's a legit Seahawks legend. Mm-hmm. I know because yeah. we kind of make the joke about that with the other Seahawks legends, but, and you know, James, I don't know. Well, no, he was only here for a short bit. Ricky Waters was the one who you could maybe make a claim to for the Seahawks. Like, like Hutchinson's going in the ring of honor, right? I don't know. I, I don't think he was here long enough. I, I think, you think that's too, too short of a, I think too it's short of too a short. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's some guys who have had pretty short tenures with the Seahawks in, in there already. Yeah. I'm I don't, not, I don't think he goes in there. But I, I do feel like he is a legit like what I when I think of a Seahawks Hall of Famer, I'll think of him, even though he did what one more year in Minnesota. Yeah, I think it, I think they're pretty even. I can yeah. look it up. But yeah, That's there's fine. pretty close. You to, don't have to, to look it up. Everybody. So, knows. It was <laughs> so sad. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he did five years and then six years. Yeah, That was the worst part of this past week is having to rehear stories from Mike Holmgren on the radio. Everybody talking about everything that surrounded the departure of Hutch going to Minnesota. Yeah, we got Nate Burleson uh, out of the deal, I suppose. But man, <laughs> if we could have had Hutch for another four or five years, it would have been, I don't want to think uh, about it. It would have been nice. It would have just would have been a nice, uh, nice luxury to have. But you know what? That's it. It is what it is. It's over. And it, congratulations to him for making the Hall of Fame. I know you're listening, Steve. <laughs> well, one person who will not be making the Hall of Fame in a Seahawks uniform, Alden Smith released before his career even started in Seattle. He, he, he joins the list of guys like Terrell Owens, although uh, I don't think Alden Smith will make the hall of fame. And I don't think like, like Terrell Owens, I think Alden Smith will probably play football again, barring some kind of catastrophic legal situation that he's in. Uh, he seems like he's good enough, but that I think the Seahawks had a tough choice at defensive end coming for them with this Mayo, Robinson, Taylor, Hyder, Dunlap, like those, like, so they, you didn't even didn't, mention Rasheem Green. I didn't because I don't know. I don't know what to do with him anymore. Like, but but I mean, they had a, they had some tough choices coming. Yeah, coming at, at defensive end and this whatever whether it's his legal situation, him breaking a team rule. It's it's unclear what happened right now, and I hate speculating because I, you know, I think the the Quentin Dunbar situation last year told me taught me just just let it play out. You don't know what's going on. You can 
or, or at least make I it feel clear like we kind of know what happened with Quentin Dunbar, but uh, yeah, <laughs> make it clear that you're guessing, you know, like right. every time. Uh, so yeah, I just it's a uh, it is what it is, and I, it sucks because it, it seemed like at camp he was getting a lot of hype, not just from the coaching staff, which is you know I don't care about that at all because Pete just blows everyone up, but but uh, he was getting hype from the other players in a way that made me like kind of excited about what his potential was and what he could do, but. I think this defensive line group's actually pretty deep, so it's it's a now gets a gets a little easier on cut day, I think, for the Seahawks with this situation. Yeah, there's going to be a few guys worrying a whole lot less. So uh, that's the one piece of news. The other piece: no Cedric Abwehi, no Ethan Posick for that game against the Raiders coming up. Yeah, so so in in lieu of uh ethan posick do you know who's been playing a lot of center in with the first team i do the, because i follow this team Nathan, yeah, phil but. phil haynes my beefy boy he's back the phil the legend of phil haynes continues i i don't know if it's known because i maybe this on my podcast the, the that i just love phil haynes he was part of a offensive line group at wake forest known as the beefy boys and when i found that out i was just like this is my guy i I am a beefy boy. He's a beefy boy. We we have, we have that in common. So I'm just very excited. I was very excited for Phil Haynes. And of course, he spent most of his Seahawks career on the IR. And then I think this is his shot. You know, he's getting his real chance here. He gets to play between Gabe Jackson and Damian Lewis. What a luxury that will be. Like those guys are awesome, right? We saw what Lewis was capable of last year. I feel like there's two huge Phil Haynes truthers in the Seahawks world. It's you and Hawk Blogger, and I, I don't I don't know where it comes from other than yeah, maybe it is this uh it goes back to his days at Purdue. No, wait, Wake Forest. Beefy beefy boys. See, I can't even remember what school he went to. <laughs> I mean you had the color scheme, right? It was it's black and gold. So you were you're on there. I was right in the track. neighborhood, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, but I I really am excited to see because Posich, you know, we know kind of know what he is at this point. He's a center, but he's like kind of too tall to be a, to be the, the a center, and so it it is what it is. But he was pretty good last year, and I want to see if Phil Haynes can really challenge for that job and give us at least if he can't win the starting job from Posich, uh, a better backup than what Kyle Fuller is going to give us. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what what Phil Haynes is capable of, and that's like maybe the thing I'm most excited about from the preseason game. Just a bunch of Phil Haynes in preseason game number one. Well, the thing is, we're not going to see a whole lot of first team offense. I want to see as little first team offense really as possible. In- There's a chance that they give him quite a bit of burn though, right? Like they, they go from him to Fuller and then what they go to Lestage or Lundblade. Like they're, they're not going to, they might give Haynes two quarters. Oh, you know, I'm not counting really Phil has. Haynes as first team offense. I'm counting like Russ, and, uh, you know, if Gabe Jackson's out there, maybe we'll see a little bit of Shell or Damian Lewis, maybe on that first drive. And if there's something I guess I want to see, uh, I'm curious to know what, what you'd like to see. I just want to see Russ for one drive and I don't even care what plays they run. I just want to see the huddle broken with about 15 seconds on the clock consistently. Oh, yeah. That what the offense looks like is going to be really exciting because it's a big departure, right, from what we're used to in terms of grind, the grinding and the the everything's either a, a run or a 70 yard pass. <laughs> it's like those days are over. We're going to have some short passes. We're going to have some uh, some crossing routes. Uh, which is, uh, yeah, you're right. It's going to be exciting to see what this offense really looks like uh, in the uh Shane Waldron era and also Stone Forsythe's probably going to start at left tackle right right that, that's pretty cool too so I kind of we're going to get to really see what kind of what he's made of as a sixth round pick and um, someone who I think draft heads thought could go a lot earlier 
but uh, it just kept falling and falling in the draft. And uh, I think might present quite a value for the Seahawks. Yeah, he's an interesting one. Uh, there's also another name that I hadn't heard that Pete Carroll brought up in the press conference. Of uh, He mentioned two tackles, and I'm not even seeing his name on the depth chart right now. So, Are you talking ta- uh, Lucas McNeil? Is that, is that it? See, it's so far down on the depth chart that uh, it doesn't even it doesn't even register. Because well, Dwayne's not going to play, right? Jamarco's not going to play. Bowie's not going to play. Oh no, it's Greg Island. That's the the other. Tackle. Oh, okay, yeah, Greg Island. Yeah, he's this like a tackle guard guy from Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah, swing swing guy. He's he a was playing right tackle for a lot of the mock game and in the press conference this week. Pete specifically called out Island as well as uh, the sixth round pick Forsyth. Yeah, well, two rookie tackles with our with our uh, franchise quarterback. You're right. Let's hope he's not out there for very long. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I'm thinking. Well, and and that's the thing. So one, because yeah, if they throw Yannick and Gakwe any, out there, we we sh- shouldn't see any deep passes anyway. Just because, again, one, I just want to see him break the huddle with 15 seconds left, get up to the line of scrimmage. I don't care what the play is. They can run a few run plays. Maybe run him to Stone Forsyth's side so we can see if he actually can run block because that was the big knock on him. And why he lasted as long in the draft as he did that everybody said, oh, well, he can't run block. So uh, to see some some action there for him, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, with the offense, again, I I don't need to see much because I know that w- one, it's probably going to be a little more vanilla anyway. They're not going to try and show anything off until they really get into the regular season. So I, I don't know if there's much that I can really take away other than seeing some of the backup guys on the offensive line, what they have, uh, and and maybe some of the receivers too, once the backup quarterbacks get in the game. But then, you know, how much do you... I, I feel like there's so little passing from Geno Smith and and who else are we going to see? Alex Magoo, probably. Yeah, and Sean, Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion, right. Yeah, Mannion actually knows the system really well. That's why Waldron brought him in. So I think we might get like a healthy dose of Mannion with the... The younger players at the end to try to like see what they can do with someone who actually knows how to run the kind of the system mm-hmm. as intended uh yeah so wide receivers though okay so penny hart will probably start with metcalf and lockett right and then and then we got all these guys you know swain johnson wedgington like your ursua there's like a lot there's a lot of competition at the end of this roster for wide receivers so i'm kind of excited to see if one of those guys can emerge and steal our hearts the same the same way some of wide receivers of the past like, i'm not allowing it to happen this year nathan <laughs> I, I it's it's hurt me too much you're not I, gonna you're, at least you didn't buy a jazz ferguson jersey you learned <laughs> you learned at least somewhat of a lesson right i did i i did learn after my case and williams jersey yeah but uh never again but but there's so there's a lot of like but that's a lot of that's a talented end of the roster wide receiver group, right? A lot of guys with a ton of potential. And then the running backs, too. Uh, Alex Collins apparently has been really good during training camp. And we've got the undrafted free agent Johnson, DJ Dallas. These guys are all competing for probably like one roster spot unless Homer stays on the pup for through the beginning of the season. So that's that's also another thing I'm going to be looking out for is like how do these running backs look blocking? How do they look running the offense? You know, there's a play in the mock game where they, they, uh, Russ ran a bootleg to the right and then they threw it over, uh, like a, like to the end of the flat to, to Collins. Mm-hmm. And I think like who can, who can do stuff like that, right? Like which run, which of these running backs? Cause if Collins keeps playing good, I don't mind keeping Alex Collins. It's not like he's, 
He's 26. I think people, people, he's been around for a while, right? We drafted him in 2016, but he's 26 years old. He's not a dinosaur. That guy, that guy is young and he can play. He's, you know, right, right there. He should be, he should be in the mix with debt with everyone else. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see like how these kind of end of the roster position players or skill position players kind of shake out in the, in the preseason game. Yeah. You think of Collins being so much older just because he went he was drafted by the team and then he went away for a couple of years had one really good season with the ravens and now is back so it does seem like a long time but there's one other running back that i am more interested in seeing what he can do particularly in the preseason and i want to talk about him coming up next Nathan Santo of the Seahawks Nest joining me to talk about what we want to see coming up in the game against the Raiders and generally through the preseason. You brought up Alex Collins before the break, and I actually want to see a lot of Rashad Penny in the preseason. Give him at least 10 carries a game because I want to use the preseason to test his durability. Yeah, Rashad Penny's only one year younger than Alex Collins, so... But yeah, I would love to see Penny get some work. I'm, I am scared. Like I kind of do want to put him in bubble wrap and save all of his carries for the regular season just because it seems like there's like a counter behind him that every time he gets a carry, it just ticks down one. And when, once it runs out, we're just we're on borrowed time. So, so yeah, well, I, and I don't want to get into that situation. I would rather carry a guy I can count on to be healthy, a guy like Alex Collins. And if Penny can't make it through the preseason, then OK, it's it's time to move on. Yeah, time to we can or we could just hide him on the IR for one more year, right? <laughs> well, it's the last year of his contract. Hey, they, just they, did, they did change. They did change the rule though. You can come back off the IR for uh for th- after three weeks now. It's a permanent permanent change now from the uh, from the COVID rules from last year. We I think I said it a lot of times. The biggest addition to the Seahawks offense this year was Shane Waldron, and so it's just there's so much potential there, and just to see it in game action is going to be so exciting. It is, and I'm disappointed that I'm not going to really be able to evaluate him until the season starts, just because preseason, you, you just don't know. Right, even if it's really bad, you know, you're just not sure if, like, they're just not showing anything or or what, yeah. yeah. Plus, like preseason. I said, getting up, getting up to the line of scrimmage is my big sticking point through the preseason. That's it. Have you, uh, what do you think? Colby Parkinson. Okay. I've heard a lot. We've heard a lot about him. I feel like in the preseason, he's so big. Yeah. And I'm, I think like those, those big slot guys, like Parkinson could be that the Russ loves those guys, right? Those big guys he can put, you can put in the slot and you can hit them over the middle. Parkinson could totally be that guy for Russ this year. I think that might be something to look out for too on offense. I I'd like to see some things from him. And it sounded like he was one of the mock game standouts. So seeing a little bit from him in the preseason, can we just use him as a pass catcher, though? Like, I don't care if he has to block or I, I'm OK with having a tight end that just catches passes. That's kind of why he didn't play a lot last year. Right. This is just he was too he's too tall to really get leverage when blocking. And um, a lot of scouting reports say, you know, oh, he's just kind of a big slot receiver. Well, OK, that's fine. Just use him as a use big him slot way. receiver. Yeah. It's like, why did we try and teach Jimmy Graham to block for all that time when he could have just been catching touchdowns? We already have the six offensive lineman, Will Disley. Like he's so good at blocking. He is good. So I, you don't you don't need both guys to block. You know, if, if Parkinson and Everett are out there to be pass catchers, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Well, switching over to the defense, what are some of the things that you want to see on that side of the ball? Okay, well, I want to see how this pass rush group looks, especially um, what the fronts look like. So I know that this is super dorky, but during the during the the mock games and and uh, the stuff I saw when I went to training camp. 
they run, they're running a lot of five, five man fronts, a lot of what they would call bear fronts. And so I want to kind of see like, does that continue in the preseason? Is that the, the kind of what the Seahawks defense looks now, looks like now, um, it, which is a little different than what we've seen in the past. And you might see, um, you know, you're going to see Puna Ford or Al Woods or, uh, Robert Kim DJ. One of those guys going to be lining up straight over the center, which is just going to be a really different look for the Seahawks defense. And then how does that affect everyone else? You know, how does that affect what Bobby does? How does that affect what Jordan Brooks does? Although I, I would be relatively certain Bobby Wagner is not going to play in this game at all, but you know, how does it just affect the other guys on the defense and what the defense looks like? That's kind of what I'm going to be looking for the most. Yeah, if Bobby doesn't play, does Brooks play more middle linebacker or do we see Burkirvan out there? Is Barton healthy? I think you I think he was I think he was out of the mock game. So yeah. I don't know, maybe he'll be ready to come back for this one. He's been kind of in and out, but I would I would expect to see someone else because they they really want Brooks to grow into that other role next to Bobby. And I don't I don't I don't think they'd want to like stunt that growth by having him just do something different, even though Maybe his long, long-term future is to take that mantle when Bobby retires uh, five years from now or whatever. Right. <laughs> After so. he gets, you know, three more all pros and right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, they've been so thin at linebacker that that's when they released Alden Smith. They signed Lakeem Williams to, mm-hmm. uh, as, uh, to fill one of those linebacker spots. And that's been the discussion is that even Nick Ballore has been filling in at linebacker uh, in practice rather than doing fullback stuff, which... Okay. I mean, I mean, to be honest, like use Nick Ballore however you can, because he's there, especially now that we don't have Nico Thorpe and we don't have Shaquem, uh, Shaquem Griffin. I, like we don't have our other special team specialist guys. He's the guy now. Nick Ballore is the special teams captain, I think for this football team. And so, yeah, if they use him however he can, cause he's, he has linebacker and fullback experience. I mean, that's just, he's really there to, he's to really there to play up. special teams. Yeah to beat people up on special teams and that's fine I, I think a roster can handle one or two of those guys it's when we last year we kind of had three and i was like this is really pushing it <laughs> how many how many how many kind of special teams only guys do you really need yeah well you had shakim you had balor and then yeah nico and then i want to know one thing i'm looking for on defense watch two cornerbacks start the game and then like who goes second, who goes third, mm-hmm. like what's the order of that? I, I think that will be something to something insightful. Like I'm who do you think starts DJ Reed and Akella Witherspoon as the two starters? Then who's the next two guys? Cause I think that's Brown and Randall, like Brown and flowers. I would say here. I would say flowers and Randall. I bet just based off of what I've heard in the preseason so far. They love Trey Brown. I love Trey Brown. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think we're going to see him till late, though. I I feel like with the late round guys, they tend to to lean toward the vets a little bit heavier and and make them prove it uh, through the first couple weeks. Now, maybe we'll see Brown in that second role, uh, kind of that second team role once we get to preseason games three. But that's my prediction. Give him a little time. Yeah. I think Reed and Witherspoon's a good call. Did you read the article today where we're the, or the interview with Witherspoon where he's talking about playing on the left side versus playing on the right side? No. Uh, yeah, he's like, he's, it was just funny to me. He's like, I said on my left foot, I got to use my right foot. You know, he's like, it's just like that. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what it's like. But it's, it is interesting to think like, you know, it'd be like, it might be kind of like, you know, going from being right-handed hitting to left-handed hitting in baseball or something, you know, it could be to that, that level of awkward for him or I thought or, he played the left side. 
I think he's t- he was he was talking about how he has to switch. Oh. So I don't know. Maybe he's switching what side he's playing on, or maybe they're they're having him okay. try. Well, that's another thing to watch side. for is which side does Witherspoon start on. Yeah, I think the defense has looked. I've heard the defense has looked really good in camp, and I'm kind of excited about this defense because it's a lot of guys that seem to me like B slash B plus level players. Right? No, there's a couple superstars: Adams, Wagner. Uh, I like Puna Ford a lot, but I don't know if he's a superstar. Yeah. Uh, but but like, there's a couple superstars, and then you know these other guys are all they're all talented, but none of them have really like shown out. Like, there's no ten sack guy on this roster other than Dunlap, who is probably heading towards the downside of his career. So like, who's going to be the guys that step up that can make this defense great? Because I just don't I don't believe in my heart this is going to be a bad defense, right? Or even an average one. So like, who's going to be the guys that really step up? That's what I'm excited to see. Do you think if Adams plays a full season, you know, once they get the contract stuff squared away with the added 17th game, a healthy season, do you think they'll use Jamal Adams in a way to where he could get 10 sacks? No. You think they're going to, you're in with what Coach Norton's said this year that we're going to see a more balanced Jamal Adams. I think we'll see a lot of like Adams, Blair, Diggs, or Adams, Diggs, Amadi. Like we'll see a lot of those like three guys on the field at once, which frees Adams up to play very close to the line of scrimmage and and freelance a bit. But but I don't think he'll be like a pass rusher like he was last year. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just I don't think they're gonna blitz him a whole bunch like they did last year. Uh, they have plenty of other guys on this roster that can blitz. And if they're playing five man fronts, they're probably not gonna want to be blitzing a bunch of guys other than those five guys anyway. So my expectation is that they will uh, kind of stay away from from that. And there will be extra defensive backs on the field, though, for sure. So if they're playing those five-man fronts, does that take out one of the linebackers then that you would normally play? Or, or is that with a linebacker up on the line? So a lot of times they'll say that they would play like a four. It'd be like a four-three, but with Brooks is standing on the line of scrimmage as the third linebacker. Uh, it seems like that's what they want to do. Or Alton Robinson is way out there. Um, and then one of those guys can drop back in coverage. That's why I'm saying like they've been doing this stuff in, in training camp and it's, it's very different from what we're used to for yeah. Pete Carroll. And so I kind of want to see like if they continue it, what is it? What does that look like? And obviously in the preseason, Adams isn't going to play. I don't know if Adams will play any of the preseason games, even if he signs, Oh like, yeah, he might play the last one. Him and Dwayne and Brown. So, I don't care. I mean, <laughs> so be there so for the I, regular season. We won't know totally what it looks like until week one against the Colts. And even then, if it's like busted foot Carson Wentz, we might still not totally know exactly what it looks like, you know? So I'm a little, uh, I'm a little excited. I'm just excited. It's football's back and this, this team is changing things. It's, they're not staying stagnant, which is, I think what we all want in our, we've wanted for a long time for Pete Carroll, right? Is don't roll out the exact same thing you've done year after year. Instead, give us something kind of new and, and cha- change with the, the league. And it seems like he's really trying to do that. He's trying to experiment a little bit, see what we've got, not just sticking with you know, the thing that got him here, playing uh, you know, deep cover two or whatever. Like he, he wants to, or cover one, cover three. Like he, he's, not, he's, he's like, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to do some different stuff and see what, what I can get, get out of these other looks. Well, that makes um, sense I, to me. You want to adapt your defense to the personnel that you have. And if if you don't have the personnel to play traditionally what you have in the past, and I think having a guy like Jamal Adams does change that a little bit to, to what you can do and uh, it allows you to do some things on defense a little bit differently. So 
Um, yeah, I, it, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see Daryl Taylor out there, too. Uh, I feel like there's been a lot of hype around him, so maybe we'll get to see a lot of him in the preseason. Oh, man, I'm, I'm hoping so. He said he feels very normal, so that's about all you can ask for, right? Like, this coming back from a really long injury, he's just, I want to see it, yeah, get healthy, get right, and really put some put some stuff out there because, man, what an athlete he is, and I'm, that's just very exciting. I agree. Yeah, if you can see what we saw out of him coming out of Tennessee, going back and watching some of that film of his from Tennessee, is it, it's pretty wild, the different types of places that they would line him up at. I, he, they'd line him up all over the field. I mean, and not, not just that, but also just his attitude. Like, he just seems like a Pete Carroll kind of Seahawks attitude player, right? Just mm-hmm. the way that he acts acts and talks. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for Daryl Taylor. He had, could be truly great. I mean, we last time we spent a second round pick on a defensive lineman was what, uh, Frank Clark. I mean, turned out, oh, or am I skipping Malik McDowell? Uh, yeah, you might be skipping him. <laughs> Sorry. He's back. I don't know if you've heard. Is he? Who is he with now? I think he's with football team. Okay. Uh, let me see. I can look it up. But yeah, he's he's back on the he's on the Browns. Okay. So. Well, yeah. if he makes it past uh, the the cuts. first the second round of cuts, then I'll I'll pay a little bit closer attention. Redemption story. Uh, you know how much Pete Carroll loves a redemption story, which is why I'm surprised we got rid of Smith. Right? Like that's okay because it's going to be the Richard Sherman redemption story. Oh, I I uh, well that'd be pretty cool actually. Yeah. Because I'm kind of I'm I'm not feeling the KJ Wright comeback story right about now. I don't think that it's weird. KJ is coming off perhaps the best season of his career, and not only that, but he did not look one step slower than he ever has. Athletically, he looked just as good as he always does. But I really think KJ KJ has five million dollar offers on the table, and he's waiting for someone to tear their ACL or their or their achilles in the pre in the preseason and some team to be like oh well kj Wright's sitting at home let's give him 10 million dollars which is smart i think because he's ready to play yeah he, they, he ain't gonna need a bunch of time to get up to speed he's been a, he's a crap he's a good veteran in really great shape he's he's waiting for the the bigger deal he could get when someone gets hurt as long as it's not a team in the division i i will try to accept it the last yeah. thing i want to see though nathan some Michael Dixon big balls punts inside the 10 yard line. You you want us to punt? <laughs> <laughs> You're rooting for our offensive I'm, drives I'm to fail? I'm rooting for our offense to stall out uh, and just so I can see some Michael Dixon punts in the preseason. Well, if, I mean, for Pete Carroll, I'll, unless we get past like the 35, he's going to be punting anyway, <laughs> right? So <laughs> punt, from the, punt from the 36 or whatever. Why would you need to be conservative in the preseason? <laughs> Go for yeah. it. Uh, no, no, you got to got to play field position it's really important <laughs> when the when the games give your set your defense up for success uh, yeah i love i mean our special teams is awesome like ah is a great long snapper and, and myers and dixon are just they both are really really good and it's kind of nice to not have to worry about it at all you know because in past years we go into the season with like janikowski at kicker oh my gosh. or whatever and After you're just having blair walsh the year before yeah in the back of your head you're like oh man at any time this guy he might not be able to get up off the bench to 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 complete the kick. He might just be like, "No, I'm done. I'm good." Yeah. <laughs> it, I just, know. I know it hurts for the salary cap guys to to look at those high salaries for special teams players, but man, it just gives you that sense of security if you have the guys that can get the job done. 
Yeah, it would it would be harder for me to look at it if I if they weren't so good. <laughs> right. Like if they were bad, then it would be I'd, really I'd, hard. Yeah. I'd be worrying. Yeah, if Jason Myers starts donking a bunch of kicks this year, maybe I'll be mad about it. But until that happens, I'm I'm okay with it. I mean, Pete Carroll loves playing special teams and field position and stuff. So having really good players in those positions is probably more important than we kind of originally more normally think. Well, Nathan, really appreciate you coming on and helping to preview the upcoming game against the Raiders. Looking forward to chatting about it after after we get to see some of our Seahawks players on the field this weekend. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait. What do you guys got coming up on the Seahawks nest? Uh, we'll be doing uh, like a little bit of a uh, similar stuff, <laughs> similar stuff to this uh, tomorrow, uh, previewing the the preseason game. But also we're going to go over uh, the roster and kind of what we think are the the hypest camp battles, what camp, what battles do we think are, are really flaring up in, on this team and kind of just speculating wildly like we like to do during the preseason. Sean Mannion versus Geno Smith. Who, who gets the QB two job? I know that's tough because Geno Smith's really good at coin flips, but Sean Mannion actually knows this offense really well. So, well, and neither of them will have to play this year. So I I suppose you want to go with the coin flip guy. Yeah, Geno Smith for sure. I mean, that's how I say it's like if Russell Wilson gets hurt, this team's really bad anyway. Who cares who the backup backup quarterback is? It doesn't doesn't even matter. Well, thanks, Nathan, for coming on the show. Definitely check out the Seahawks Nest and tune into their show throughout the preseason and even into the regular season. There's going to be lots of Seahawks talk to listen to throughout the year and uh, looking forward to a good season. Appreciate you coming on, Nathan. Thanks. Thanks once again to Nathan Santo of the Seahawks Nest. If you want to follow along with them, be sure to follow them on Twitter. You can also join their Discord group, patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. And once you're signed up through Patreon, you'll get an invite to their Discord. Good community to be a part of. Check that out and check out fieldgoals.com. We got some news articles up there. Tyler Alson was at training camp once again this week, and he has some notes from his observations. I did get a sneak peek. And I heard Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks both looked really nice. So I'm going to go read that article. I'm also going to read about the negotiations between Jamal Adams and the Seahawks because John P. Gilbert is breaking down what the issues might be within the contract. Just looking at uh, historical precedent of the Seahawks and seeing how the structure could be holding that up. Still a couple of weeks to go before the season starts, but it'll kind of give you an idea of maybe what some of the sticking points are just based on what John knows about contract talks, based on the historical precedent, like I said before, and maybe we'll see a deal done here shortly. Hope so. Fieldgoals.com, subscribe to the show, sbnation.com slash NFL podcast to get this show and any others on the SB Nation network. I'll be back talking more Seahawks later on. Until next time, go Hawks. Hawks.